Hi there, and welcome to the Taking With You podcast. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. And we wanted to wish you a very happy Easter. We had a very long day today, but it was a lot of fun. Yes, very long, but very full. It was great. I am not skilled to understand. ready for the, the church service down there at the Baptist Church, and um, we had great time. Um, you did a, a unique presentation. I think you might play some of that today. I'm actually going to play both, both parts, parts from last week and this week. Okay, and then um, our son Andrew and his wife surprised us by showing up, and our friends Kurt and Debbie Klinger, who we've had on our podcast before. Last last time. Mm-hmm. Um, they came, and um, there's a pretty pretty um, full house for the little old country church there today. Um, a lot of people really enjoyed it, so hopefully you will too. And then after church, our daughter had to work today. She's kind of sad. She wasn't able to get it off, but she um, we decided we would surprise her. And so both of her brothers and their wives and our friends Kurt and Debbie and and you and I drove clear out to Westport, Washington, on the coast of Washington. And um, <clears throat> we went and had some coffee. And then she was able to get off work early. Her boss um, decided to let her off. And so she was able to come home. And we cooked a big Easter dinner with all the trimmings and sat down and had a full table. I think there's nine of us around the table. Yeah. Kind of squeezed around, but we had a good time. And um, then another friend of ours stopped by, Kathy, um, stopped by this evening. I just got back from taking her home because um, she walked over. She's a neighbor of ours. So we just had a great day full of friends and family. And Now we're watching that new show uh, that uh, I don't know what channel it's on. AD is the name of the show. 
about the uh, crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. You had already started that when I was off, so... I figured you knew the story. Yeah, yeah, similar to what you talked about today. Yeah, so we thought we would, as an Easter special, you know, we've got the one science fiction show out that people really enjoy called Beaten to a Pulp, and you can find that if you go to our website, takehimwithyou.com. There's a link there for it. But also, uh, we thought it would be fun if you heard last week's musical message as well as this week from the church that we're interim pastoring at. thought we'd enjoy it. It's just a musical journey through the um, the trial and the arrest, or the arrest and trial of Jesus, and then uh, his uh, death and resurrection, and it's all put to music with song and everything, and thought you might enjoy it. Yeah, should be a good good time. Um, yeah, awesome. So we're we're just going to let it go to the end, and uh, and it'll have the uh, extra there. So. Uh... said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men, and they had swords and clubs. They've been sent by the leading priests and the elders of the people. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Oh, with a kiss He betrayed the Lord Oh, with a kiss He betrayed Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you've come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Jesus said, put away the sword. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my Father for thousands of angels to protect us? And He would send them instantly. But if I did, how would the scripture be fulfilled that describes what must happen now? Then Jesus said to the crowd, Am I some dangerous revolutionary? Did you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. And at that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled.
Then the people who had arrested Jesus led him to the home of Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of religious law and the elders had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and came to the high priest's courtyard. And he went in and sat with the guards and waited to see how it would end. Inside, the leading priests and the entire high council were trying to find witnesses who would lie about Jesus so they could put him to death. But even though they had found many who had agreed to give false witness, they could not use anyone's testimony. Finally, two men came forward who declared, This man said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. And then the high priest stood up and said, Jesus, well, aren't you going to answer those charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus remained silent. And then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus replied, You have said it, and in the future you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, Blasphemy! Do you not? We don't need any more witnesses. We have heard all of this blasphemy. What is your verdict? And they shouted, Guilty! He deserves to die. And then they began to spit in Jesus' face. And they beat him with their fists. And some of them slapped him, jeering, Prophesy to us, you Messiah! Who hit you that time? So meanwhile... Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. And a servant girl came over to him and said, Hey, you were one of those with Jesus, the Galilean. But Jesus denied it in front of everyone. And he said, I don't know who you're talking about. But later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him said to him, standing there, hey, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man. I don't know what you're talking about. And then a little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. And then Peter swore. A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. 
Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times that you even know me. And he went away and he wept bitterly. Very early in the morning, the leading priests and the elders of the people met again to lay plans for putting Jesus to death. They bound him and they led him away and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priests and the elders. And he said, I have sinned, for I have betrayed an innocent man. What do we care, they retorted, that's your problem. And then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple. And he went out and he hanged himself. All over me. All over me. I've got the blood of an innocent man all over me. All over me, all over me, I've got the blood of an innocent man all over me. The leading priest picked up the coins. It wouldn't be right to put this back in the temple treasury, they said, since uh, it was payment for murder. And after some discussion, they finally decided to buy the potter's field. And they made it a cemetery for foreigners. That's why the field is still called the field of blood. This fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah that says, they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price at which he was valued by the people of Israel, and they purchased the potter's field as the Lord directed. Now, Jesus was standing before Pilate. He was the Roman governor. Are you the king of the Jews? The governor asked him. And Jesus replied, you have said it. But when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all these charges that they're bringing against you? Pilate demanded. But Jesus made no response to any of the charges much to the governor's surprise. Now, it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd. Anyone they wanted. And this year, there was a notorious prisoner, a man by the name of Barabbas. And as the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, well, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, 
who is called the Messiah. He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked again, which of these do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas! Pilate responded, then what shall I do with this Jesus who is called the Messiah? And they shouted back, crucify him! But why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder. Crucify him! Pilate saw that he wasn't going to get anywhere. And that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water and he washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. And all the people yelled back, we will take the responsibility for his death. We and all of our children. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip and then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and they called out the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and they put it on his head. And they placed a reed stick in the right hand as a scepter. And then they knelt before him in mockery and they taunted him. Hail the king of the Jews. And they spit on him. And they grabbed the stick and they struck him on the head with it. And when they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put his, clothes, his own clothes back on him. And they led him away to be crucified. Along the way, they came across a man named Simon. He was from Cyrene. And the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. And they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. And the soldiers gave Jesus wine mixed with bitter gall. But when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. And after they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. And they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. And a sign was fastened above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads. 
in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you are the son of God, save yourself. Come down from there. And the leading priests and the teachers of religious law and the elders also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So he is the king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now, and we'll believe him. He trusted God, so let God rescue him if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the revolutionaries who were crucified with him ridiculed him in the same way. Darkness fell across the whole land till three o'clock. Jesus cried out in a loud voice. He cried out, Eli, Eli, Lomesa, back tonight. all can hear. Eli, Eli, so bad tonight. Which means, oh my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why have you abandoned? Why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled the sponge with the sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait. Let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. And then Jesus shouted out again, but this time he said, Father, give to your hands. I commit my spirit. And he hung his head. And Jesus died. supposed to end this way He said he was the king and we would rule with him, but he's gone
what are we gonna do? He's dead. What are we gonna do? He's dead. Lord, thank you for the sacrifice you made for us. The amazing sacrifice, God, that you would care so much about us, that you would picture us. All those years ago that you would see us when you were hanging on the cross, when you were beaten, when you were mocked, and that you would willingly give up your life because you knew that it would save us. And although, Lord, we know there's more to this story, our hearts are touched and wrenched by your sacrifice. We can't imagine what the disciples and your followers felt like at that time because they were disappointed, they were shocked, they were dismayed, they couldn't believe what they had just seen. So just a touch and a little bit of that feeling we feel it today. What are we going to do without you? Thank you, Lord, that the end of the story is better. Thank you, Lord, that only a week from now we celebrate. What happened only a few days later in your story. Lord, help us to open our heart and follow you, we pray. Listen, if there's anybody here that's never asked Jesus to be the boss of your life, you've never accepted what he did on the cross for you, I would love to pray with you and introduce you to my friend Jesus. He's amazing. The story you heard today is a timeless story of sacrifice. And what we'll hear next week will be of his resurrection and the eternal salvation that he offers those that receive him in their heart. And if you've never received, if you've never been introduced to him, I'd love to pray with you today. Please don't leave this place without praying with me. And if you do, you can always pray. God hears you wherever you are. He would love it if you would ask him to come into your heart. When I was a kid, um, Easter to me was um, half a pound of M&M's, chocolate Easter bunny, which, by the way, you start at the ears, not at the tail. Um, Easter grass, some uh, Easter egg hunts that my brother would hide the eggs impossible, so in June I'd find some. <laughs> and boy, did they stink by then, I'll tell you. We didn't have those little plastic eggs then, ooh. We had the ones that a real deal. And by the way, Ruby, thank you for the beautiful Easter eggs. Did you did you dye those? You're awesome. We got to go visit Ruby and Ed on Friday. Yeah, on Friday. And we brought our dog with us, and she enjoyed going all through the house. And I played with all the cool fish on his wall. He has these fish that sing when you push the button. 
I don't know. My wife said I'm just a big kid. I don't understand. Anyway, back to my Easter story. Easter Sunday morning, when I was about seven or eight, um, I remember my mom and my sister came downstairs, and, uh, and they were all dressed up. I said, what do you guys get all dressed up for? Don't argue to have breakfast. I want bacon. And uh, mom said, no, no, uh, Ricky. We're going to church. What? Why? Why would you go to church? Can you believe it? I was seven years old, and I didn't know why they were going to church. We didn't go to church. This was odd. Maybe they did, but I didn't even realize it. You know? And so mom says, well, it's... It's Easter. It's, it's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. What? All I wanted was chocolate milk and bacon. I, why were they, you know? So my mom actually explained to me. My mom, who, well, at the time, like I said, we weren't going to church or anything like that. So my mom explains to me what this holiday is all about. And I'm like, it didn't, it didn't compute. M&M's and Jesus raising from the dead. It just didn't work. I mean, I'm glad for that. I still am. And, and Jesus raising from the dead. But it was much more significant than I had expected. And so what I found is over the years, I was, I was open to this thing because my, my aunt was the, the, the real, I don't know what you would call her, uh, a believer that really did something about her faith. And I remember gardening with her and talking about end times and, and revelation and Jesus and and she explained to me, but boy, she knew what she was doing, man. She explained it. And I was like, whoa, I better get things right. Of course, I did it for a long time. But needless to say, there was more to it than just the Easter Bunny. No, and no offense against the Easter Bunny. He's fun. He just kind of hops in and he hops out. Jesus, on the other hand, stays forever, which is great. And here's what I found. When I received Christ into my heart as an adult... I mean, really said yes to God. All the holidays had a different significance to me. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the Easter turned into a, a wonder. And, and uh, I, I get so grateful during this time of year. Because I realized how much was sacrificed for me. Not just for me, for you. We are all in the same boat, folks. And it is amazing to me. I get choked up last week when we were doing the, the road to Golgotha. We were talking about the road to Golgotha. The, Golgotha was the place where the crosses were, where the, where the torture happened, where Jesus was hung on the cross with the two thieves. Golgotha was, uh, another way of saying, the place of the skull because of the way that the rocks were formed. It looked like a, a face of a skull. And that's where they took Jesus to be crucified. And so last week we talked about him being uh, an innocent man being put before Pontius Pilate who washed his hands of the whole affair and the people instead of the week before they were waving palm branches and saying, blessed be the God who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, they were all excited and everything. And a week later they were screaming, crucify him! Give us the thief as the, as the scapegoat, but kill Jesus. That's the crowd. And sure enough, they did. And then they made Jesus carry his own cross, his own. That'd be like saying to somebody, carry your electric chair to the chamber. Seriously. 
And he couldn't do it. He was so beaten and so mangled and everything that they couldn't even see what he looked like. And he was just hammered. And he was carrying his cross. Couldn't do it. Fell on the ground. They get a guy, Simon, from uh, Cyrene, and they say, you carry it. So he carries the cross up there. They crucified Jesus on the cross. He had done nothing wrong. And that's the story we told last week. And we talked about what happened. We're going to pick up from there. And uh, instead of doing it as a uh, regular sermon, I thought I would do... Just kind of, I wrote a few songs, and quite honestly, most of the stuff that I'm doing this morning is just kind of from my heart today. But uh, I did practice a few of them. We'll see what we get. But we'll pick up right where we left off, maybe just a little bit before that. Um, and I think we were right at the point when Jesus breathed his last, and he had said, um, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when Jesus had shouted again, he released his spirit. And at that moment, the cur curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two. It was torn from the top to the bottom. And then the earth shook and the rocks split apart and the tombs opened. The bodies of the many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. And they left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection. And they went into the city of Jerusalem and they appeared to many people. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. And they said, this man truly was the son of God. shook upon death hung on his cross who could cause the sun to darken and bring our loved ones that were lost who was this man that gazed into my life with compassion for me in his eye who knew the only way to save my soul was to hang in love and die ever cared so deep and sacrificed so hard. Truly this Jesus of Nazareth he was the Son of God. He was the Son of God. An innocent man How will we live With what we've done And where do we fit In his plan 
change, but why would I see forever connected above? See sacrifice up close and personal by a God who made, who is made of love. Ever get so deep a sacrifice so hard? Truly, this Jesus of Nazareth, He was the Son of God. Mm. Oh, He was the Son. Galilee with Jesus to care for him or who cared for him were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And as evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea who had been a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and he asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. So Joseph took the body and he wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen. And he placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. And then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and he left. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb and they were watching. The next day on the Sabbath, the leading priests and the Pharisees, they went to see Pilate. And they told him, Sir, we remember that that deceiver once said that while he was still alive, after three days I will rise from the dead. So, we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. So Pilate replied, Take guards and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and they posted guards to protect it. Finally, we put an end to this rebellion in the land Now we'll restore order in the crowns and take our stand For in this tomb sealed by this rock the hero life was slain A cold dead sign to all his followers that it wasn't like he said 
The king is dead and with him goes the hope of life with his plan. We prove them wrong, there is no God who loves the common man. Who loves the common man? Sunday morning. The women went to the tomb taking the spices they prepared. And they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As, the, as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed and dazzling and the women were terrified and they bowed down their faces to the ground and then the men asked why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive he isn't here he's risen from the dead remember what he told you back in Galilee that the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men be crucified and he would rise again on the third day and they remembered what he had said. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story, it sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe. However, Peter, he jumped up and he ran to the tomb to look. saw the empty linen wrappings and then he went home again wondering what had happened and this will be my story yeah, this will be my song you'll love same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. And they walked along and they were talking about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, 
what are you discussing so intently while you were walking along? They stopped short. Sadness. Written across their faces. And then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here in the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and the other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. We had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This happened only three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them that Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see him. Sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe that all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? And then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things that concerned himself. Now, by this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. So Jesus acted as if he was going to go on. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it and he gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. At that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road? And he explained the scriptures to us. And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and all the others who had gathered with them. And they said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter.
our hearts burn within us as we walked along the road. Didn't our hearts burn within us as He showed us what He told? He opened up our eyes for we saw things oh so dark. He was with us all the time if we only opened up our heart. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we only opened up our heart. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we only opened up our heart. story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking on the road and how they recognized him that this is him who was breaking the bread and just as they were telling about it Jesus himself was suddenly standing among them peace be with you he said but the whole group had was startled and frightened thinking that they were seeing a ghost why are you frightened he asked why are your hearts filled with doubt Look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. And then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he ate it as they watched. And then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent you are witnesses of all these things and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven and then Jesus led them to Bethany and lifting his hands to heaven he blessed them while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. So they worshipped him. And they returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. And I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of his love forever. 
Disappointment and hope, with torture and with celebration. A unique story, a great story, the best story we've ever heard. Lord, thank you for loving us so much, for caring for us so much. We do give you praise and we worship you, Lord. If you're here today and you've never really receive what Jesus did on the cross for you, dying for you, raising again for you that you might know him, I encourage you to pray today. It's not a magic little prayer. And I know we've heard people say things called the sinner's prayer, but truly it's a heart prayer. We say, Jesus, I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me and you rose again. And from this day forward, I'm going to serve you with my whole heart. I encourage you, if you don't know him, to pray that prayer today. I'll even pray with you if you want. I'll be right here. You can come up. I'd love to pray with you. Amazing grace How sweet The sound that saved a wretch like me. Oh, I once was lost, but Praise God. 
production copyright 2015 all rights reserved and we want to say a happy easter to every one of our listeners and we want to thank you again for your support and your prayers and your communication to us we'd love to hear from you if you want to communicate with us which we love um, you can get a hold of us at rick at takenwithyou.com or amy at takenwithyou.com also our facebook pages um, facebook.com forward slash rick.moyer or facebook.com forward slash amy.moyer. And there you go. Happy Easter, everybody.